This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, wrestling fans. Welcome to a special edition Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles. Joined, as always, by my mainest man, Willie Saylor. But we've got some special business to attend to. uh, An amazing announcement, something we've been anticipating here at Flow Wrestling and around the the wrestling community for, well, really, truly over a year now. Uh, We've got Rich Bender and Les Gutchess. On the line here, Rich and Les. Uh, good morning to you, uh, and thanks so much for coming on. Good morning, guys. Uh, great day for wrestling. It's a pleasure to be with you. Hey. So we've got, uh, and just to cue you guys up, let you guys know at home if you don't know already, Les Gutches is the associate executive director for programs and strategy at USA Wrestling, and Rich Bender is the executive director of USA Wrestling, and they've been instrumental in in the hiring process. And I think we'll start first with. With Les, Coach, um, looking at this position, it's a unique coaching position. Um, before before we get to the, the process and the hiring process and everything, could you explain the, the roles and responsibilities that this job presents? Because it's a different kind of coaching position. Yeah, I mean, it, it takes a real broad-based skill set. It's, you know, it's part coaching, it's part administration, it's part fundraiser, Um. You know, there, there's a lot of components to the job, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's important you have a well-rounded individual and a, a person who can do it all. Right. Um, looking at, from, from a wrestling perspective, X's and O's, what were some of the most important qualities you had for choosing a candidate on, on the wrestling side? Certainly there's a large administrative side piece, but what were the important things in, in terms of coaching wrestling that were important for you? Oh, I mean, it, it really runs the gambit. I mean, it's a full spectrum. You know, you need someone who can break down video and, and quickly, you know, make pre-match decisions and adjustments. Somebody who can, you know, break down uh, video and, and put together a strategy for, for opponents that we're going to face at the Olympic Games. Uh, a great practice planner, a great technician, uh, you know, a person who's good from the corner, a person who can relate to athletes. So, you know, really all the things you look for in, in a traditional, you know, wrestling coach in terms of, you know, getting the athletes ready and, and uh, you know, preparing them to, uh, to do their best. When coach- there is um, the, the, the structure now with the RTCs and, and the rise of them, um, the, the head coach of our national team has also um, kind of got to be a good communicator and keep all them in balance. Um, is that another attribute you were looking for in, in the position? Sure. I mean, you know, that's where the administrative component really comes in. And, and you're right, communication's key. Uh, we've got a great asset in the regional training centers. We've, we've got, you know, coaches like Cale Sanderson and, and Tom and Terry Brands and Sean Bormet and Lou Roselli, you know, out. You know, I mean, they're, they're generating and producing champions, and, and that's a real asset to our program. But to, to really use it to its fullest extent, we – you know, have to find ways to, to integrate and include them in, in the national program and, um, you know, 
Zeke did a great job of it, and and uh, Bruce has done an excellent job of you know getting out to the RTCs, and the next coach is going to really have to to uh, you know to do the same and and really include the RTCs in the overall strategic plan. With knowing in 2014 when when Zeke took the job at Arizona State, you guys brought Coach Burnett on board, and it was known then. This was through 2016. Was having that time out, knowing, hey, we've got a couple years to figure this out, did you begin your, your process of, of figuring out who would be the next coach then, or was it something that really you just started honing in the last year or so? Uh, I mean, you know, we, we started, you know, thinking about it then, and, and certainly we could have, you know, tried to hire the person for the next, you know, several quads at that point. But, you know, it, I think we had a really unique opportunity there to – you know, bring a guy in who had a, a lot of wisdom, a lot of experience, and uh, you know, it was great to expose our staff to to Bruce and and you know the way he approaches things and his training methods and his techniques. So I I was really excited to get him into you know back into the program and and kind of download that wisdom and and institutionalize it in a way, um, you know and. And it did give us some time to make the right decision, you know, and, and to, to take our time. And rather than it being rushed and, and uh, you know, we were able to, to look for Mr. Wright rather than Mr. Wright now, uh, for lack of a better term. So, yeah, it, you know, the process started in 2014, but it, it did really heat up in the last, you know, six, eight months. Who all is uh, was a part of making the, the final decision? How does that work? Is there a committee? Yeah, well, I mean, I think now is probably a pretty good time to tell you about the process. Uh, we put together a, a committee of key stakeholders, and, you know, that it was really a, a broad-based group. You know, we had team leaders, wrestling legends, prominent coaches, uh, you know, just people who are really involved and immersed in the program. And so we put together the committee, and we, uh, you know, with their input, we finalized the job description and, and uh, posted the position. And resumes came in, we collected them, you know, the group looked at them, uh, we narrowed them for uh, an initial round of phone interviews. And after that initial round, we, uh, we narrowed the field even further for in-person interviews, which we did in the Denver airport. Uh, you know, the, the, the in-person interviews, were, it was actually a, a pretty fun process. We uh, really had three components to, to the in-person interviews. And the the uh, interviewees knew in advance that the first component would be them uh, presenting their four-year plan and strategic vision for the program, and that lasted about an hour. And then um, the second part was was really a pretty intensive question and answer session that you know um, you know might have been follow-up questions their four-year plan or or you know additional questions that weren't addressed. And then the, uh, the the final component was kind of a surprise because, you know, since since a big part of this job is being able to make, you know, uh, to be able to analyze video and you know, to work under pressure and to make, you know, quick decisions on, on strategy and game plans before matches, we, uh, we had some highlight video or actually scouting video that we, you know, the, the, the video we'll actually use for the Olympic Games of Sajalayev. Mm. And uh, the interviews, the interviewees didn't know it was coming. Uh, we described the scenario. We said, "Hey, it's it's the World Championships. Uh, you know, Jaden Cox just won in the quarters. Sajalayev just won in the quarters. The only video we have is is the video we're going to show you, and we'd like you to break it down, put together a strategy, and we'd like you to tell us what you tell Jaden before he walks out on the mat in terms of." What the plan is, what the strategy is, what the tactics are, you know how to how to stay, you know away from his strengths and uh, and how to score and how to beat him, and uh, you know so obviously it was it was a surprise to the interviewees and uh, it was a pressure situation and so we we queued the video up we played it and uh, <clears throat> you know upon completion of the video they they laid out the match strategy and the plan and uh, cool. yeah it was it was kind of a you know, it was kind of a fun case study or real-world um, situation, and and it was it was also great to see how each of the interviewees reacted to pressure. 
mm-hmm. right? Because it's not an easy situation. You have, you know, committee members dialing in. You have people Skyping in. We had, you know, some of the committee members there, and it was, it was cool to see how they all rose to the occasion. And 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 really, you know, I think you know the thing that, you know, and Rich can speak to it as well. But you know, what I came out of it, you know, the interviews with is that we we had three great interviewees. Uh, they were all strong. They did a great job, and uh, it wasn't an easy, easy decision. And uh, I know I speak for everybody involved. It was really nice to have the collective wisdom of, of that steering committee, and, and their input was really crucial in making the decision. So, yeah, so we had a final call with the, with the committee yesterday afternoon, and things started moving pretty quickly at that point, and I'll hand it over to Rich so he can uh, let you know what our decision was. <clears throat> All right, okay. Mr. Benner, let us know. Okay, so the, the fifth full-time head coach for America's National Men's Freestyle Wrestling Team is a 2006 world champ, a 1996 NCAA champ, four-time Montana State High School champ, Great Falls, Montana's very own, Bill Zadick. Wow. Outstanding, outstanding performance, uh, outstanding choice. Um, I guess that, that begets a, a lot of questions um one what was it maybe about bill's um four-year plan or or the the process that that separated him from the other candidates well i'll tell you one thing that became obvious to to me and and i think to our committee and and less as we started this process and you you talked earlier about you know when did we start thinking about you know who is going to be the 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 next coach um it became obvious to, to us as we started through this process that that process started immediately with Bill Zadick. Bill started to think immediately about, um, you know, his opportunity with, you know, the, the arguably the most successful freestyle wrestling coach in the history of our country. I think, uh, you know, Bruce has won 35 medals as, as our coach. And uh, it became obvious to us through this process that, that Bill uh, really turned himself, transformed himself into a sponge in that time from when we named Bruce until – you know, this process kind of matured. So, uh, you know, I think one of the things that, um, you know, was obvious to us is that, that, that Bill sees the opportunity to be involved in the program to the level he was, sees the opportunity to be around a legend, and really immediately be, began to prepare himself for, for you know, what's happening right now. So, um, you know, I think Bill's and, and, and the rest of the community agree that, you know, Bill had a uh, a depth to his four-year plan that was, was unmatched, really put a lot of obvious personal think time and investment into, you know, what we needed to do. And, and I think, you know, Bill was also motivated to, you know, answer that question of, okay, if we haven't had the, the level of success that we have over the – or that we've wanted over the last uh, couple quads, what, you know, how is hiring someone from within the system – Gonna gonna change that, and, mm-hmm. and Bill Bill's here to talk about you know, what those those things are, but you know made it very uh, clear to to us and, and the other members of the committee that that he had a, a plan and an idea of what we needed to do. Not that he isn't working every day to try to to do all we can, but you know as we as we all know when when uh, the responsibility shifts, that you know the motivation also shifts, and and just the the. I guess the attention to, you know, what needs to change to, to, to make us better kind of is heightened. So, I mean, there's a, there, his four-year plan was, was incredibly detailed. I'm, I'm, I think Bill's pretty willing to talk about it, but, you know, and I, and I know it's, uh, you know, our four-year plan is, is something that becomes a little bit of a living document. Obviously, as um, things change, we like to, to change our high performance and, and four-year plans. So, um you know, Bill. Bill just separated himself, and and I, I tell you, I'm 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 proud of the of the the idea that you know, some, one of our kind of very own, someone that's been involved in our program from you know early days as a as a youth wrestler, and his dad being a state chairman, and and you know being a resident athlete and achieving at the very highest level, and and you know one thing that Bill's at it clearly understands is his his role and responsibility as a as a wrestler and someone that's uh, you know, been a world champion, and his responsibility to give back and and try to lay the the foundation for future success. And uh, and I think uh, there's probably a press release that's already been uh, issued by 
by USA Wrestling uh, going into the details of this hire. But you know, I, I said in the in the in the press release that, that I, I firmly believe that the best is yet to come for Team USA. Not that we haven't had a rich and long history of success, but I just I'm I'm sure that that Bill Zadick is going to provide the the type of leadership we need to embrace all the the changes that that our sport faces and new technologies and uh, you know challenges that that are new today than 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 we've had in the past and, and just sure of of our success and I'm, I'm really confident of that statement that the best is yet to come. Well, well, thank you for that. And it, since Bill's there, um, can can uh, the new coach hop on for a couple more questions? Yeah, for sure. I'm here. Hey, so. coach. First, congratulations. Congratulations, uh, coach. Yeah, thank you very much. Appreciate it. I guess starting for, first question I had, well, just more on a personal note. What what were your emotions when you found out you were going to be the guy? You were the new uh, USA Freestyle coach. Well, um, you know, I'm of course really excited as a as a on a personal level as a competitor as a wrestler. You, I love what I'm doing. I I, I love competing and, and transitioning in, in, into a coach as a professional coach over the last eight years. Uh, you channel that competitive drive into into uh, your athletes and your programs and, and making them successful. And I love freestyle wrestling. I love all of wrestling. I mean, grew up wrestling Greco and freestyle my whole life and, and loved folk style in college. So uh, looking at this position, um, you know, I believe it, it has a, a large visibility and it's an important piece of the American wrestling system. And so um, I'm, I'm very excited by the opportunity to uh, work in this capacity. But uh, I'm also humbled, and uh, I feel a ton of responsibility uh, because of those things as well. You know, um, there's, I'm included in, in a string of great coaches that, that have come before me and people who have impacted my life all the way up. Um, and so uh, it, it's humbling to... Uh, to be awarded the opportunity, but and there's a lot of, lot of like I said, that responsibility to uh, to our athletes, um, to the individuals whose goals are before them uh, this summer and, and in the future, and uh, the coaches, the RTCs. There's so many contingencies that are um, play a vital role. That uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's it's a it's a big thing, and like I said, I'm very excited. Coach, um, less told us that part of the process was um, laying out a plan and your your kind of vision um, for all the applicants. Um, and so you probably had some time to look at the program as a whole and um, maybe maybe share with us, could you share with us maybe what ideas or methods you will, will keep around, what maybe you might remove, maybe new initiatives or, or your overall vision and plan? Any Any details there? Yeah, um, you know, I, I look at it's. We all want the United States to be, you know, everybody in, in our country wants the United States to be the best wrestling nation in the world. And, uh, but I, I kind of took a step back to see what actually that is, what performance that that is. What are we actually going to have to do? And when you look back, you know, I did some homework going back 44 years, you know, since 1972 until now. Russia's won all but, but nine of those uh, championships, and their performance has been outstanding. They're, you know, regardless of the number of weight classes they win, about 80% of their weight classes win a medal, about 40% of them win gold medals, and uh, and so in that same time we're we're performing at about 40% and about 25% gold medals um, with little with little peaks and valleys throughout. So. Using that as a marker, how are we going to get from where we are currently and the things that we're doing successfully and, and moving forward? And, you know, you look at who's doing the best and, and what what uh, characteristics they have in their programming. And, you know, the United States, we have we have a folk-style system and an NCAA pipeline that's very strong, and it, it's a more of a decentralized model, whereas, you know, a lot of the rest of the world, Russia, Iran, and the Eastern European countries that are very strong, they, they have centralized training. Mm -hmm. But I think the key component that um, they benefit that we can adopt and implement more of 
is uh, consistency. They have consistency in their in their technique and their training, uh, their methodology, their their uh, philosophies, and so we can implement those things within our RTC programming, our national team, uh, and then drive that consistency all the way down into uh, our development, our elite track development, and our grassroots. And so uh, that's kind of what's steering my my planning. Um, uh, you know, one of the big things I think from the from the grassroots level is we tested some some models of uh, talent identification, and, and most of the rest of the world is is in some form or another doing a very uh, focused and organized talent identification process. Uh, the United States is doing it successfully in other sports, and we're going to take uh, what's being done well and learn from so we're not wasting time reinventing the wheel but building upon successful programs, and, and that's a big thing that uh, I'd like to get off the ground in the first quad. Thinking about um, talent identification, you think about younger wrestlers, and, and I think we've seen real improvement of our age-level wrestling cadet and junior world teams have been really strong the last couple of years. What um, has been implemented? What will be implemented? How do you see, do you see any changes in our age level wrestling and, and how um, that's been going? You know, they've been getting a lot of exposure. They tra- they come into camps and train with our senior level guys. Do you foresee that changing in any way? Uh, maybe um, not really changing, but getting stronger and adding depth to it. You know, um, I think uh, when I started as a developmental coach, um, you know, six years ago, uh, it was really driven at what I just spoke about is the consistency. And so including those, those uh, you know, we have a competition-based model right now. Kids perform well at, at high-level events, and we kind of are able to track them. And so I started targeting and following those kids and inviting them to more programming and offering them more experience and more opportunity and uh, and it was driven at that consistency. You know, I know if, if uh, those guys rub elbows with Jordan Burroughs, they're going to learn. They're going to get better. And the more often that we can do that, the better we're going to be and the more efficient our learning will be, uh, steeper our learning curves will be for those developmental kids. And so, um, you know, we were able to get some things going. And, and a lot of credit goes to the grassroots coaches that are out there and, you know, work with, 30 and 40 and 50 kids on a, on a daily and weekly basis. And, and our coaches education program would be a part of that, um, marrying those things. So the cutting edge techniques and tactics and, and training methodology and sports science is, is disseminated. That information's out there so that these guys are getting better as we are getting better as as a whole. So, uh, yeah, it's an exciting time because I mean, you, you look at what the developmental teams have done, in the last several years, uh, it's been pretty exciting. We've had an uptick with a, a lot of world champions and, and medalists at those age group tournaments. And, you know, with the junior team just being solidified a couple weeks ago and, and the Cadet and University trials going on this coming weekend, uh, we're going to have more opportunity to be excited about these teams that are going to perform this summer. When you say, when you say consistency, um, do you mean consistency in that, uh, our guys get more freestyle mat time, or do you mean consistency in in, in a philosophy? Like I, I, you know, Iran will dig an underhook, and and they they do certain things consistently, like a philosophy. And Russia has certain basic tenets that it lives by. Whereas America, we have all these different RTCs, and kind of each has their own style or philosophy. Um, do you mean consistent? Which way do you mean consistency? I mean consistency in both. Um, okay. Certainly the technical aspect of, of being um, proficient in a given position that mm-hmm. you must master, you know, like I, I, w- I would say it's a compulsory position, you know, finishing finishing single legs in a, in a chest lock situation. That's a compulsory. Mm-hmm. And so we need to be consistent in our training, you know, repetitions daily and weekly, but also in that philosophy. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of great coaches in our country and, and mm-hmm. top coaches in the RTCs. Um, the the goal and consistency is to communication and strong relationship between the national office and those coaches, the the personal coaches who are working with those athletes on a daily basis, 
is only going to make it stronger. Just cutting-edge information, like I said, uh, knowing exactly what you just stated, that the Iranians are going to shoot single legs and come up to underhooks, and they're going to use that underhook to, you know, force shot clock situations and put you on the edge and create anxiety and force mistakes. Russians are going to have different characteristics and what those are. Being Identifying those, sharing that information, sharing, you know, training ideas between the individual athlete and the personal coaches in, in our office. Um, so it's consistency top to bottom. Do you foresee changing how we choose our world and Olympic team members? I am very open-minded to creating a fair and efficient process that selects our best team. So, yeah, I'm, I can see us changing it. I think, you know, it's been played with over time. Um, I would say, uh, you know, any given year there's always surprises. This year at the Olympic trials there were probably some surprises on paper, but uh, we're very excited about the athletes who made the Olympic team. And, and, uh, and that's a critical process to uh, putting our best foot forward in, in, you know, any given year, putting the best world championship team out there each year, the quad, and then the Olympic team. So, uh, you know, any great plan um, is based in fundamentals, and there's always adjustments along the way. And so I, I think that's a critical piece of it is being open-minded enough to look at your process and ask the questions, are we selecting our best athletes? Are we creating a fair process for somebody to enter the system and emerge and uh, give them the best opportunity to perform and, and, and win a gold medal? Yeah, I think because of, like you said, there were some surprises. I think because there was surprises, some people in the wrestling community said, well, maybe we need to um, choose our team based on a body of work instead of a, one weekend. Uh, me and Christian were of the opinion that the, our best guys got on the team. Um, so how do you feel about that in, in particular? Uh, body of work versus um, one well, target. I think there I think there are merits to both, you know, and we've we played with different systems. I think our society is a very objective culture and so the the idea of having an event or a series of events where somebody performs and wins, it's very objective, it's very clear, it's fair and uh and that's worked well for us. So I think you know it's a good process right now. Can it be better? I think maybe it can. And, and I'm looking at, you know, I will evaluate it. And obviously take a ton of advice from uh, from our leadership and, mm -hmm. and athletes and people who are involved in the process. So, you know, this is a, it's a big team. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it's important to continue to evaluate what's, what's being effective and uh, what isn't. What do you think about um... – that world champions, world medalists get to sit out. Where, where do you land on that? Because in one way, it's if the guy's going over and producing, you know, Jordan Burroughs, he's winning world titles almost every year. Kyle Snyder's a world champion. You want to protect your champion like we've seen Russia do. Is that something that you you feel strongly about, or is that something where maybe you're leaning towards, towards eliminating that practice? Uh, I wouldn't say I'm leaning one way or the other at the moment. Uh I do see the value in it, right? Where we are trying to win world Olympic medals, and so the proven performer who is has won that opportunity—that's uh, that's a big thing. That's a big thing, right? We're we're trying to incentivize that, and and that's a when I say incentivize, it becomes a carrot, right? When when somebody makes the team and they realize, hey, I I can be a leg up next year by winning this medal. It's just another little boost to help them along. But I also understand the, the other side of it. You know, in, in the example I would use is in 2006, I wasn't a world medalist, and nobody sat out at my weight class, and I came through the trials and won the trials and then went on to win the world. So, mm -hmm. you know, like I said, I think there's uh, merits to both sides of it. Um, I don't know right now that if I'm, if I'm decided on one versus the other. They're they're and switching gears here a little bit. This was a a question that you know I I didn't know I would be asking, but when they were explaining the process and you had to look at Sajalayev, watch this guy, and then come up with a plan to beat him. Um, can, can you describe that? I mean, there's there's probably not a wrestler in the world with fewer holes in their game 
than than Sajalaya, the two-time world champion from Russia. Um, what were you able to say? What what did you come up with? How do you how do you beat this guy? Well, obviously he's a great wrestler, and so uh, we're going to have to be very very good to to uh, to compete with him. And uh, you know, my my personal philosophy on wrestling is it it's, it starts with fundamentals, and we got to be better fundamentally in our position, in our tactics, in our our tacks. Um, I, I probably want to be careful. I don't think that the Russians are over there sweating it, but I don't know if I want to tip my hat to any strategies that we might have. But, uh, you know, we're going to have to, it, it comes down to imposing your will on your opponents and whatever style you bring to the table, are you good enough to implement your style versus his or your brand of attack versus theirs? And, uh, you know he's he's a he's a pretty exciting athlete and um, but wrestling that's what it's all about it's overcoming uh, those challenges and, and I'm excited about it and and I'm really confident in our team I believe we have a great competitor at that weight and uh, I know he's hungry and excited and ready to make his mark on his weight class and so um, you know that, that's probably not the details you were looking for but. I'm not going to tip your hat, right? No, no. Tip your I, hand. After uh, Jaden beats them, you can tell they're us. They're very good. They're very good, right? <laughs> you don't know that, and, and I'm, I don't want to make it any easier for them. Yeah. Well, have you been following? I mean, I'm sure you've been following. What, what are your thoughts on what went on over the weekend at Russian Nationals? Uh, it's, it's, pr- it's pretty interesting, you know. <laughs> from a wrestling fan perspective, I love watching it and seeing it, and, it's you know, it's a lot of exciting drama, but, you know, Going back to your point about our selection criteria and picking our team, I don't know that we want to be in that type of a situation. Yeah. You know, maybe that's there's your example right there. But, yeah, it's it's certainly uh, it's good excitement and it's it's good drama to, to build anticipation in Rio. But there was some great wrestling there. There was some great wrestling. Coach Jones, uh, when he came on years ago, he, he kind of set up the, these RTCs, and they ended up being, you know, I think a success. How do you see the the RTCs moving forward? Yeah, they've they've been very successful, and uh, you know, and just in the Olympic trials finals, um, you had uh, twelve athletes in the Olympic trials finals. You have nine RTCs represented. There are five represented on our Olympic team. Uh, over the last two quads, every single one of our world Olympic team members have come from an RTC. So. Uh, you, you can't emphasize their importance enough. And uh, they're going to be a big piece of, of the puzzle for us to move forward and be successful. And so continuing to grow our relationship and build those RTC programs, um, again, with a consistency idea, uh, implementing some programming and, and including, you know, more down the development, so there's more consistency. Um, it's a proven model, long-term athletic development. Over time, I think that's going to be a big piece of uh, growing the, the RTCs. It's uh, aligning our goals with with uh, what the mission of USA Wrestling and USA Wrestling's Freestyle National Team is with the individual athlete and the personal coaches at the RTC and, uh, and how those programs benefit our largest developmental pipeline which is the NCA pipeline the the World Cup is coming next week um, our, our roster set we've seen Iran's uh, team Azerbaijan will face them in India as well how d- what did you think when you saw our draws how do you think we match up against um, those three teams yeah I like it I think we have a good draw um, you know it's top eight teams in the world you you know you're gonna have tough matches right out of the gate, so uh, you expect that. Um, it's very important for us uh, to win the World Cup and perform as well as we can. Iran's won it the last couple of years. We would like to unseat them there, um, not only because uh, it's a world-level event and you want to be on the top of the heap, but also it's it's in our home turf, and so that, that, makes, that adds to the, the importance for us. And then with regard to Rio, how it positions us, the momentum it creates and builds, uh, we springboard off of that event into the Olympic Games. You know, it's uh, somewhat of a precursor to uh, what you'll see in in a lot of the medal rounds. So uh, India, Azerbaijan, Iran on our side of the bracket, 
um, all very strong countries. We're going to have to come out and, and show our best. Um, we're in World Cup training camp right now. Uh, today is a recovery day for us, so we have some active recovery going on that uh, I actually need to get down to in a little bit. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we're focused on it, and uh, it's, it's very important. You know, winning those tactical battles, winning the position battles, um, you know, doing the things that, that everybody knows, uh, you know, moving forward in the mat, uh, clearing like you, you guys have mentioned a couple of times with, you know, being ready for a run and they're underhook and dealing with that situation, preventing an underhook, clearing it to our own offense. Uh, those, those are big things. Those are things we focused on. We're going to focus on throughout the summer and we want to see the progress uh, on the map between the whistles at the world cup. What well, one more more question, Coach? And I know you've 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 got places to do, and you got to get these guys ready for the World Cup. But you mentioned that underhook position, and and the wizard seatbelt position that we end up so much. We're, we're in this position against Iran. What is it? I I don't think there's a singular position, and you please correct me if I'm wrong, but where I see us being the so vulnerable, like just across the board. Why how why is that position become one one of weakness? For us, well, I wouldn't say it's necessarily weakness. I just I would say that it's the time spent, and then they, Iran has used it. They've exploited the position very successfully on on the entire world, and uh, you can see it's a it's a systematic thing that they they train the position, and yep. we have got to spend equal or more time in getting better in that position. We have got to be able to win that battle, and you know it's it's. It's a simple concept, but it's a lot more difficult to to implement in practice. But we have to be in that position on a daily basis, and we got to be successful on a daily basis against quality opponents and quality training partners. It's not just the time you put in; it's what you put in the time. And uh, you know, that's that's a big piece of it, and, and we're working on it now. And uh, you know, the other thing is those things don't happen overnight. Sure. You know, rest it's a late maturation sport, sure. a lot of time to get better. And so that's, you know, going back to consistency again. We have to be diligent and working daily and weekly and monthly to expect the progress that, we're, that we plan on. Well, right. well Coach, um, first and, one, and once again say congratulations. I have one more question. I'm not sure if, if it's for you or for someone else, but obviously with you moving up, Coach Slay's headed to Penn. Um, there's two more vacancies now at USA Wrestling. Just want the the details on the time frame for for filling those positions. Well, I think first and foremost is I have a current job, and so this is a big and exciting time for us. But uh, in no way, shape, or form should this be a distraction to our individuals who are preparing for the World Cup in Rio. And so, uh, you know, my I'm focused on my current job responsibilities. And I, I think after the news kind of settles and we shuffle back into to our daily jobs, I'll have uh, the opportunity to work alongside Bruce uh, for the next couple of months, and it'll give me a great opportunity to uh, start planning and, and, you know, cast a broad net. I, we, like I said earlier, we have a lot of great minds in this in this country, and, and, and uh, to go the direction we want to go, we want to cast a big net and uh, – and see who's out there that wants to be involved. I, I have some ideas, but uh, you know we'll probably look later on in the summer to start, you know, midsummer to start that kind of planning, and hopefully have the smoothest transition that we can post post Rio. Well, you, you know, and hey, this is Les. I'd like to jump in there, and I think sure. that that leads into maybe the, the strategy of of hiring a coach now, and and the the path and process moving forward. And so just, just to step back, we, we knew that, that Bruce, you know, the day after the Olympics, he'll probably hand me his laptop and ride off on his Harley, and if I want to see him again, I'll have to go up to Idaho. So we knew that coming into this thing. And really our, our strategy was twofold in terms of, of this timing. And one was we thought it was very important that the next freestyle national head coach uh, – had the ability to shadow Bruce through the, the lead-up to the Olympics because there, there's a lot of wisdom there. Bruce really knows what he's doing, and, and preparation is key, and, and, and he really has it down. I, I wrestled for him as an athlete, 
and I've watched him, you know, as an administrator, and, and he's great. And so we, we wanted that next head coach to, to kind of have the experience of a run-up to the Olympic Games so that when he does it in Tokyo, it's not the first time and he has some experience to, uh, to draw from. So that was one of the reasons. And the second reason was we, we, did not, we didn't want a, a vacuum of leadership after the Olympic Games. You know, we didn't want, you know, to get back from the Olympics and to, you know, announce the position and, and have, you know, this long process while, you know, athletes are trying to train and get ready for fall tours. So the, the second piece of it was so that when, when Bruce does ride off on the Harley, um, you know, we, we have a coach in place and, and there's, you know, there's no uh, lapse in, 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 or, or vacuum of leadership and somebody, you know, the, the, the baton has passed, and, and we're moving forward right away, getting ready for Casa Burek and, and the fall tours and the next quad. So, you know, that, you know, I guess one thing that, you know, that Bill has said, and I just want to echo, is that, uh, you know, make no mistake, Bruce Burnett is the head coach uh, through the end of the Rio games, and then, you know, there will be a transition, and, you know, uh, <clears throat> and, you know, the, Bill already has a role, and, and uh, you know, he's, he's, you know, probably taking a slightly different approach since he's going to be doing it the next time around. But, uh, you know, for the athletes, it's, it's business as usual, and, and they know what they need to do, and, and all of the coaches know what their roles are. Well, it'll be pretty cool, too, that um, Coach Zadek will get to coach at the World Championships this year with the non-Olympic weights. Yeah, that's right. Well, we, we really appreciate you you guys coming on. Once again, congratulations to Coach Zadek. And, congratulations. Um, thanks again for, for coming on here and giving us the opportunity to, to share this news. And um, I guess uh, we can wrap it up, and we'll see you at the World Cup. Sounds good, guys. Thanks. Thanks, thanks, thank thanks Thank you for lesson. Absolutely. Congrats, Coach Zadek. See you guys. Thanks, guys. All right, there you go. There you have it, Bill Zadek, the next coach, the fifth full-time freestyle head coach of our USA Men's Freestyle Program. Willie, uh, initial thoughts? I think it's I think it's a home run. I think they nailed it. I mean, um, when you talk about all the different hats, you have to. Well, there's there's two main hats you have to wear, right? You have to be um, a technician and break down tape and and breakdown tape of our own guys and what they can improve on it and breakdown tape of their opponents and what to exploit and what to watch for. And you have to be a great communicator. You have to be organized. You have to be, um, be able to work with the coaches of the RTC programs hand in hand and communicate with them. And I think that Zadik is, is the guy to do that. Uh, if you've ever been around him, he's a great communicator. He's a great technician. Uh, I, I think they knocked it out of the park. Yeah, no, no disagreements there. And you know, he's he's a fantastic choice. And the fortunate thing uh, about this position, it was coveted. So with a coveted position, you get a lot of quality candidates. So it, there's a high probability that you get the right guy. And um, you know. Just my experiences with Coach Zadek have been nothing but first-rate, first-rate mm-hmm. guy, great with the athletes. I think it'll go well. You know, it, since it kind of we knew this job would be open, you know, the the name Lou Roselli has been has been mm-hmm. floated out there throughout time, and I I don't know I don't know who I don't believe that Lou was or was it a better option. But one thing. That, that I was thinking, this is a guy, Lou Roselli, that maybe, and I could be wrong here, but I don't think any RTC has put more guys on our freestyle team than the Ohio RTC the last couple of quads, right? They've put a bunch. They've had, they've, um, so, so I believe that's true. I believe that's true. I believe they have more than the Hawkeye Wrestling Club. Okay. Now, so you, you factor that in and you say, okay. And I'm not saying this is what their process was. Okay. Yeah, I see where you're going here. But okay, do you want to take the guy that's putting dudes on the team? Do you want to take that guy, the guy that's um, coaching world championships, and and put him, him and put him in? Hold on, I got it. 
put him in Colorado Springs where he's not going to be day-to-day with the athletes like he is now. You're taking him out of where he is a proven right. skill set. Now, that's not to say that Bill Zadick, if roles were switched and Lou Roselli came on at the USA guy and, and then Lou uh, or Bill went to Ohio RTC, they just traded, that he couldn't do the same thing. But right. I'm, I mean, you, from, a certain point of, from a certain point of view, you want Lou Roselli right where he is, right? Yeah. Keep I, doing what you're doing, Lou. Um, and, uh, and I'm not saying I'm, I'm not saying that uh, a consideration. He, he, uh, yeah, I'm not saying that that was the final determinant. Like um, Lou was a victim of his own success. Like, no, we'll have we'll keep Lou right where he is. Uh, what gives me great confidence in this? If let's say that I've never met Coach Zadik and I've never seen him in the room and I don't know nothing about him. Right. Um, even if I didn't know who he was or what he was about, it gives me great confidence that he's been at the OTC for years. They know what they have in him. They know how exactly. he does stuff on a day in day out basis. They, they know if he works right. They know if, if his vision and his methods work. So knowing bill plus knowing the situation, I'm very confident. Yeah. No question about it. And, and that's not a, and that's not disrespecting or, or talking down about any of the other choices. It's just, Bill seemed like a great choice, and man, the process. I wish, man. All I want to know is what he, how he would have. All I care about is how he beat Sadrulayev. <laughs> I just want to know that right? answer. I would, I would like to. I would like to been a fly on the wall on each of those film breakdowns oh on Sadrulayev. I mean, and and <laughs> you know, how do you? Okay, we're gonna run tape and tell us how to beat Sadrulayev. Well, good luck. Yeah. You know, you know but, that uh, trap arm. I'm not gonna let him gut wrench me. Hey, yeah, and it's funny. It's funny he that that was something that that came up in the interview because you remember I don't know this spring I went to that clinic that the Zadik brothers were at in Richmond, Virginia, put on by Virginia Wrestling. Do you remember when I did that? Yep. Not that long ago. So I was talking. Uh, didn't one of your kids get ringworm? Yes, my son got his <laughs> my son got his first case of ringworm, age four. Got him at, that, start, at that camp. Got him started early. You need to get him some defense soap or whatever. But anyways, besides the ringworm, Coach Zadig mentioned, you know, we were just talking wrestling, and he's an international wrestling nut, obviously. And we were talking about Sag Alive. He's like, you know, the problem we have is there's, like, basically no film of this guy getting scored on. So he had actually already been thinking about it and you know, maybe that's his job. So he should have been, but that was something he had already been considered and talking about. And we, that just came up organically in conversation. So he had probably at least done that answer in his mind before. So he was probably pretty pre- prepared. Yeah. I mean, how do you, how do you take satellite down? I don't know. There's, no film of it being being done. Right. I guess he did get taken down a couple months ago. He got, but it was like a, Arm, arm yeah. throw where he barely exposed. It was a two. It wasn't a takedown. It was just an arm. Mm-hmm. It was like a. It was the cheapest. It's like that's not sustainable. For... Let's review the heck out of that tape and yeah. emulate it over and over. It's yeah. not gonna happen. Let's get a half-hearted arm. But it's pretty spin. cool. It's right, pretty cool. right. So I thought I thought that was really, really cool. Very exciting time, and it's um, yeah, all all good stuff. All good stuff. And well, I'm excited. I'm. I... You know, I'm happy. Uh, it's going to be a new era. It's going to be a new regime, and they hey. had to get it, they had to get it right, and I think they did. And I think, uh, I base. I'm not trying to read too much into his answers, but I think we're going to see some changes in how we put guys on the team. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I t- that was that was my takeaway. I was like, I think we're going to see some changes now. Are they going to be dramatic, whole scale? I don't know, I, but right, there might be changes. But there's, I I didn't read into it that there's going to be a whole lot of changes. He said you have to consider it, um, and he said you certainly you certainly don't want to be in the situation that Russia's in because that's the kind of things that happen. Um, I, I you know, I don't know, Coach, but Coach I, Burnett, Coach Burnett, he would always. He changed up how the qualifying was, and he changed up how big the brackets were at the trials. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wanted smaller brackets, and I agree with that. Um, what's the point of what's the point of having the number two guy wrestle five matches to get to the finals? 
especially if- as opposed to three. I mean, all it's going to do is tire him out a little, and he's not going to lose. I mean, I I agree with the smaller brackets. Yeah, and plus, when you consider there could be a guy sitting out, so you got this thirty-two man bracket you got to navigate, and then you so, got to beat some fresh dude two out of three. Yeah, I guess what I'm saying is there's a lot of things that you can change, quote quote unquote, change about the trials process that's not exactly changing the way we pick our team right right so that's um something i'm gonna look forward to seeing what little changes are made as each coach has their own little they have their preferences and i i feel like whatever conclusions coach zadik reaches will be arrived at very thoughtfully he seems like a i don't know data driven but is is the word but well, it's like it's analytical, like anything, right? Like, um, like me and you, for example, or or what in any job that you're at, right? Um, there's a guy, there's a guy that runs things, and you're the number two or number three, or or maybe you're just you're number seventy four on the totem pole, and and you're working, and you come across something, and we're like, well, it's not my call, but if I was in charge, I would do it this way, right? And I'm sure that there was things that that happen that Bill's like, well, if I was ever in charge, I would do it this way. And so there's, there's probably a lot of those type of things, right? Right. Right. So man, I'm dude, I'm looking ahead to world cup a little bit. I need to settle down because universities are going to be insane this week, but world cup is going to be insane. It's my first one, Willie cadets. Cadets is where I'm at. I love the, I love to see the cadet team, um, manifest, you know, play out and, and see who's on the cadet world team. That's kind of, that's kind of my cup of tea. I love that stuff. Um, but yeah, World Cup's gonna be awesome. I, you know, <laughs> I don't know if Coach Zadik is um, being. I don't. I don't. Know, what's the word? Uh, but he said he likes our draws for World Cup, and I'm saying they are scary. Iran and Azerbaijan. Azerbaijan's team, like they have a. World ranked, a highly world ranked guy at every weight. Six, They're going to be yeah. really tough matches. Can we win? Of course we can, but there are they are no walks in the park. Yeah, it is a really, really. Our draw is tougher than Russia's draw, and you Absolutely. know, as it probably should be, Russia by being the best, you should have the most advantageous road. Iran has maybe the second. You know, I think Iran's. <laughs> Russia got what? Mongolia, Turkey, and someone else. Yes, Georgia. Georgia, and we have Iran and Azerbaijan and... Um, India. India, right? I mean, it's great. There's no fluff, right? It's the eight right, highest nation teams. We need to stay in the top eight because we need to always be in this darn thing. Because it's, it's, it's incredible. Well, we'll be in the top eight, though. We were seventh last year with two champs and a bronze. That's absurd. That's absurd. That happened, though. That's what I'm telling you. That's what's a little scary. But I think it. I think we'll be top eight in Rio, especially with only six. With only six, we're gonna two win. of which two of which were like studs at. We're gonna win like five golds, so we'll probably be in the top three. Probably we'll probably win seven golds. Probably win seven golds. Hey, where where do you want to go? We can go into OT because this is this is a special edition, special times. Don't feel like we well, gotta wrap this in eight minutes. You're fighting with me about Haji Aliyev. An article came out yesterday that, or a couple days ago that. Haji Aliyev, the two-time world champ at 61 kilograms. Oh, yeah. We're not this fighting year, about this. Last year. I, I, it's I, moving I, down to 57. Um, somebody, somebody said on Twitter, Willie, is he the favorite? And I'm like, yeah, probably. Um, and then Christian's like, no, well, Kinchingishvili and Aliyev hasn't been. So, actually, Kinchingishvili beat him at 61. So, yeah, maybe he's not the favorite. I, I think he's amongst the favorite. Yeah. Um, I mean, but we were fighting, and then... It's certainly... But that's a great thing for Azerbaijan, right? Because now they get um, Azgarov and Aliyev in. Because, right, before you had to say, well, do you send Aliyev or Azgarov? Azgarov number four in the world at 65, Aliyev number one at 61. If Aliyev can make 57, you get two studs to start out your lineup with. That's really, that's really, really good. And Azerbaijan... Um, obviously, USA is my favorite by far. But if if I had to take another team, I I, I like Azerbaijan. I really like 
what they do. I think they're good. Um, that's my that's my number two favorite freestyle team in the world. All right, all right. Are we talking about Aliyev here? Yeah. Okay. We're get, we're getting into Willie Faves here. So Aliyev, my my concern is this is a guy that if he's gonna err on one side of sixty one, he'll go up. And yeah, guys don't want to cut that extra weight, but. You would have thought if the plan was for him to go 57, would he enter a tournament at 57 at some point to see how he does at plus two kilos? He hasn't done that. He hasn't wrestled this light since 2008. Well, you would think that just because he hasn't wrestled this weight since 2008 or that low since 2008, you would think that he'll be 61 at World Cup, but maybe not. Maybe, Maybe he has to get down and make weight. If I'm if I'm gonna send this guy, unless I'm Azerbaijan, and I'm devoid of options at 57, um, and it's like, well, we either have him or nothing. But they qualified the weight, so they can't be mean? that bad there. Well, no, what, they have the they have the number 16 guy, ranked guy in the world at 57 already. Right. Without, so, so uh, I'm gonna make I, him try to, to wrestle make, before. Yeah. I tell him to make weight. I tell him to make fifty-seven. Because otherwise, if you can't, if you can't do it at World Cup, at which is, I don't know if it, if World Cup scratch or plus two, but regardless, yeah, regardless, regardless, you want to see how he does because the Olympics is certainly scratch. Pretty sure it's plus. Pre- yeah, World Cup is. I think. I think it is too. Someone's listening that knows the answer. Tweet at C Piles or, or Willie or plus one. I don't know. I was at weigh-ins last year. I could have swore it was they, they give a little bit of weight, a little something, something. So I'm I want to see him compete down there, you know. And he's young. So when he was when he wrestled in 2008, this guy was born in in 91. So what he's, yeah, he's he's young. 25. So he's 25. So eight years ago, what he was 17. So he was 17. So he's probably still growing when he wrestled that light. It's not like he was full grown. And made it like he was a young kid. He wrestled. He was a cadet. He was a cadet when he wrestled at 54. It's interesting, right? You look at his ledger. Oh my gosh. Uh, he wrestled in cadets, Euros, at 54. But he never wrestled any juniors. No I junior. guess he wrestled one junior tournament ever. Sajalayev never wrestled uh, juniors either. He won cadet worlds. And... Yeah, a lot of those countries, Russia, uh, Azerbaijan, Iran. A lot of the times. Those guys, they kind of skip juniors or yeah. do it for one year. Like Golage, they said, is not wrestling in juniors this year. Well, he re- he won it last year. I know, but oh, he's, still, he's still junior eligible. They're saying, nah, he's good. We I'm wrestling with senior guys. We'll put somebody else in there. Okay, yeah. Also, the the Russians are like 36 and when they're in cadets too, so they mm-hmm. can they can make that change a little more easily. So, yeah, Aliyev, obviously, that is big news for Rio for 57. And I'm, I'm going to be at his best. If Haji Aliyev has no adverse reactions sure. to cutting weight, he is among the favorites. I'm not going to put him above yeah. Kanchikashvili no. or even Raheem. No, you're right. Okay. Okay. So we talked about that. We talked about the projected Olympic field. Where else you want to go, Willie? Well, did we talk about the projected Olympic field? What? Oh, a little what bit. Did- did you see anything in there that's interesting? Um, it's pretty close. It's it's pretty close to being spot on, right? There's there's a lot of things still up in the air yet, um, especially and, with Russia. Well, Russia, yeah, you don't know. Azerbaijan hasn't said a word. I, well, Azerbaijan hasn't had theirs yet, right? Right. Well, as I far mean, as far as I know, they have not. But well, you can ballpark it. You can. I mean, it's pretty darn close. How does Russia not send Makov? Is my question. How do you not just send that guy? Set it and forget it. Right? I don't know. I mean, it's good for us. It's good for everybody other than Russia. How, do, how does Russia not have depth at heavyweight? I don't know. They have it at 97. Happen? Why don't they bulk up one of these 97s? I mean, I guess that's what Katsalov did for a little while. I just don't know how they have no force at heavyweight. Yeah, I. it's kind of, It's strange. It's not like they have, you know, in America, you could say, well, they're playing football. Well, in Russia, it's like, what, the big guys are playing hockey? I don't know. Like, there's, I don't know what's pulling them away. Maybe it's just one of those 
outlier eras for Russia. Yeah. Because I, I don't know what else, what else the, the answer could be. Um, but, yeah, I no, no real takeaways from – Well, the... Makov, I, I don't know if he's going to wrestle Greco either, but, um, you know, he signed a deal with Bellator. No, he signed a deal with UFC, right? I don't know that. Yeah, he. I mean, he signed a, an MMA deal. So this could be well, his last go-round. Interesting, interesting. All right, Christian. Okay, buddy. We're gonna wrap. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see you tomorrow, bud. Hey, game one in LeBron's hometown. Yeah, we're watching it at LeBron's house. We're going there. So I think he's got, I think he's got a big screen? Probably. I don't know. He drives a Kia. <laughs> Does Kia sponsor LeBron James? Like, if you have a Kia, I don't know if you've got a big screen. Why are you hating on Kia drivers? You just lost know. our entire Kia demographic, Willie. What if is there, Kia... Is there is there a such thing as a Kia demographic? There's a Kia demographic. They have commercials. There's a demo. Also, you just kissed away any opportunity for Kia sponsoring this show. Because you insult- totally, totally opened the door for Nissan. <laughs> or Datsun. <laughs> Maybe we get Datsun. Maybe Datsun uh, in the mix. Oh, let's wrap it up and get out of here. Thank you guys so much. Christian, wait, one what? thing. Oh, wait, go what ahead. What about the gorilla? What's your, should the oh, gorilla man. have been shot? Um, Put yourself... I'm going to stop the music because this is important. I'm stopping the outro music because <laughs> this needs to be discussed. What about the gorilla? This is, this is one of the great moral quandaries of our time. Okay, and I want to give it its space. This gorilla, in my opinion, was acting protective of this three-year-old boy however i put myself in the situation if that was my child which first of all uh my kids got home training and they don't jump in gorilla pits okay so i'm gonna put that out there I'm how put does that... a kid even get into the gorilla how pit does then? a kid get in the gorilla pit where, where are the parents at okay first and foremost well what, well, what about okay first of all the parents the parents are silly second They're of all their kids I... jump in a gorilla pit how does a zoo have a gap big enough that an a child can get into a gorilla pit. Get into a gorilla pit, first of all. I- I've been to many zoos in my time, okay? Um, I've taken my children to zoos. I've been to zoos. I never... And I often think about it, like, how could I get in there? There's never a way! So what is up with Cincinnati Zoo that they just have, like, a, a little fence that you can just, whoop, slide right in there with the 450-pound gorilla? They had a gorilla mixer. They let the gates open. They must have let the gates open. Special day. It's like Jurassic Park. So, okay, so so I, okay. I, I need to answer. I need. I, Should I, the gorilla have been shot? I would have. The thing is, the answer is no. You trank it. No. Okay, you but here, trank dart. But guess what happens? It's not like oh, I'm asleep. Okay, did you shoot a, a needle into this agitated? And nervous gorilla, um, he one swing and the kid is dead. Okay, that's it. Uh, one thing. It's not like um, oh okay, well we'll see. Like it doesn't take a long time for a gorilla to kill a three year old. You understand, right? He can just throw him like a rag doll. R.I.P. You don't want to get to that point. Okay, so as as mad as I am as that mom. And as mad as I am that this gorilla that I believe was acting very, uh, I mean, I thought it was admirable. He, like, had this the baby in a corner, like, protecting him. And all the, the screaming morons scared him. And he was trying to protect him. But who knows what happens when that he gets hit with the needle. So Is, I, the, is the lesson to be learned here that people are stup- dumber than gorillas? People are so much dumber than gorillas. There are so many awful... Listen, man, I worked... The place I used to work at with with oh, <laughs> you don't even know some of these parents. They uh, should they should not. Uh, don't get me started. There are people so many can't them. even name their kids appropriately. Oh my gosh! Far less watch them. Well, you can't keep an eye. Oh, there's a gorilla pit. There's a little. Uh, where'd he go? Oh, dang it! Johnny fell in the gorilla pit again. I'm I'm appalled. I'm appalled. It's a very it's. We, the outro music. I say I I'm. Goodbye. Hold on. We I joke. I, I say jokes. I make light of it, but I I was truly saddened by this story in in my heart of hearts. I think it's very sad, and it's a gorilla. I know I'm not I'm not like a PETA guy. I'm not like a save the animals. Oh my gosh! But it's just freaking sad. Okay, 
It's sad. I think the the parents should like have to pay a fine or something. They should have to. Rep- There's only like 19 of these gorillas in the world. Now we're down to 18. Not really. That but is, that's a lie. They're endangered. They're like highly endangered. They're like threat level midnight endangered, Willie. There's more than 19. I know, but it, there's not many. He puts a dent in the population. If little... Eh, never mind. There's six and a half billion little Timmies. There's yeah. All, there's only take, one... There's only one... There's, poor, Are you suggesting they take Timmy out? No, poor Timmy. He can't help it. His mom don't know what she's doing. I'm throwing her all the way under the bus. She needs to be tranquilized. All right, let's get out of here. I'm playing the outro. Goodbye. Thank you so much for tuning in to Flow Wrestling Radio Live. Thank you so much to Rich Bender, Les Gutches, and Coach Bill Zadek for coming on and sharing their announcement. We will be live all weekend long starting Friday from Akron, Ohio Cadet and University Nationals trials. Uh, Going to be outstanding wrestling. Look for content to go up throughout the week. And uh, we will see you in Akron or see you next time. Thanks, guys.